In Dallas, Texas, three shots were fired at President Kennedy's motorcade in downtown Dallas. The CIA secretly funded the medical experiments through a front in New York City called, of all things, the Society for the Protection of Human Ecology. There's a lot of misinformation, disinformation, and outright lies. We have some problems over here right now. We might have a hijack over here, too. This is a conspiracy indoctrination program. Co-in.pro. In this broadcast, we will be examining the strange, deranged, unexplained, and unsolved. Some topics will be rooted in conspiracy, others shrouded in mystery. Connections will be made and agendas exposed. So prepare your mind, because the indoctrination begins now. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Conspiracy Indoctrination Program, Co-Indoc Pro. I'm your host, co-host, Jake. Go ahead. Oh, I'm the <laughs> other Jake, Luke. The better Jake. Nah. I'm the ugly one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ugly Jake and not-so-ugly Jake. <laughs> It's kind of funny that um, at one point when we were all hanging out, you guys had long hair and I wanted long hair. And then now we all sit here and we're all bald. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How does that happen? Oh, life, life kicked us in the balls. <laughs> anyway, so we're a little late this week. Um, normally we record Thursday nights, but... Uh, it was my oldest dog's 18th birthday, so needed to be there for probably his last birthday. 18. Um, 18. So, don't know. Don't think he's going to get another one. Maybe he will, but... So, apologies to all the listeners and my co-hosts for having to bail on you. You son of a bitch. <laughs> Had to put it out an extra day or two. So, uh, anyway, shout out to, uh, Melto left us a review on Podbean. He wrote, or he, she wrote a uh, great podcast to listen to. I found them by searching out CERN, but after listening to the third part of CERN breakdown, I listened to all the others. Also, I learned that the episodes before CERN gave background leading into CERN. And now I'm going to through all of them one more, a uh, second time. Love the banter because it reminds me of doing stupid things with my high school friends and love hearing about Jake busting in front of the hot chicks and bouncing back and saying, we'll be great for the uh, movie, laughing my fucking ass off. (laughs) Appreciate that. Shout out. Thanks for the review. Um, And it's cool to know that somebody else out there likes just the random comments and stories or whatever, Mm -hmm. which I did end up changing our... um, about column on the podcast kind of threw that in there so that listeners will have a little bit of forewarning so they're not just like the hell are these guys talking about they started out talking about ufos now talking about jfk and bands and crab daggers and shit (laughs) so uh yeah shout out thanks for that appreciate the uh the uh kind words and they cool then uh we had a this last week we had a bunch of listens or maybe it was 
because the way Podbean breaks out down the stats, it um, goes in like I think two two week cycles. So I think it was the last cycle. There was a lot of listens out of Canada. So mm. shout out to all the Canadians up mm. there, and uh, apologies to Castro Jr. just totally ruining you your guys' country up there. Yeah. No more handguns, but you guys can have cocaine and heroin. <laughs> <laughs> He's piece shit. So, sorry for all you guys up in the Great White North, man. You guys are getting hosed. But I think that that's going to be us here soon because uh, there was another mass shooting again this week. Yeah. So. What are they What are they doing? Yeah. Kind of weird, man. I, uh, I don't get it. Like we talked about the last episode that we recorded, we, that Uvalde thing had just happened, and it's like, then another one happens and it's like a hospital and it just makes yeah. me just makes it well somebody sent a thing out with all the weird stuff remember i sent that for i sent oh, it yeah. to you guys oh yep. uh, yeah 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 that uh, so i'll read this this is i mean i just want to preface that um these these dudes that did this stuff they're just germs they're worms man these guys mm-hmm. are pieces of shit um and by doing all the gun control the blanket gun control taking away everybody's you know right to be able to purchase a you know high capacity magazine or whatever if you take the statistics of how many gun owners there are and then actually how many shootings and how many mass shootings there are it's it's pretty it's pretty low for like how many gun owners we actually have in the United States. Mm-hmm. And I don't like the knee jerk reaction that, well, because this one piece of shit did something that everybody can't have mm-hmm. this. It's like, you know, well, there's one piece of shit out there that drove his car drunk and then killed the family. So should nobody be able to drive cars? Yeah. Yeah. So, but there's just definitely some weird things going on with that Uvalde thing, uh, school shooting and, I don't know. It. I've been wondering about it since day one. Um, just, you know, all the information that was coming out. And then every day it's like you check, you know, the news cycle and there's a, a change. And now, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the narrative is changing every day. So somebody, I don't even know who it was, but put this out. And it, one of my friends sent it to me. But I, the title of it is How Dare Anyone Suggest It Could Have Been Orchestrated. And then here are the bullet points from... Um, the event Uvalde PD were instructed not to enter school upon arrival despite holding active shooter training only two months prior to the explicitly states that this was against protocol uh, and then who was advising the police chief to instruct their officers to stand down um, parents were detained when attempting to go to save children when police were were not responding armed uh, assigned resource officer randomly off campus during event still no answers why and a couple of these I haven't verified, so I don't really know the ins and outs of all that mm-hmm. that stuff. Um, and then the next bullet point, teacher propped locked do- uh, door open when shooter entered moments prior to entry. Still no answer why. I think that that maybe has been debunked, or at least there's definitely some like counter narrative to that where they're saying that sh- she found that it was open and then she went and closed it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, like I said, this came out about a week ago or this whoever posted this and then school is part of an online surveillance program designed to monitor social media and identify threats shooter posted red flag social posts that went unnoticed 
that to me was kind of a, a red flag. I was like, I didn't even know that there was such a program. Mm-hmm. Um, 18-year-old shooter w- from low-income family with thousands and thousands of dollars worth of guns, ammunition, and armor driving an expensive truck. That from day one has been very strange to me because I'm a gun owner and Daniel Defense is one of the most expensive AR platforms, probably next to Noveski that you can get. Mm-hmm. It seems like. I mean, they're they're definitely not an entry level gun. I mean, it's a $2,500 platform. Yeah. Uh, shooter previously medicated and working with psychiatrists. I would like to know more about that. Um, Cause that to me, I think is going to play off of definitely what we're talking about mm-hmm. today with yep. the MK ultra stuff. Um, Columbine happened in Colorado prior to NRA Denver convention, which is true. And then Uvalde happened in Texas uh, days prior to NRA Houston convention, which I definitely think that timing is coincidental. Mm-hmm. Yeah, suspect is probably a better word. And then the Fort Hood military spy plane was present in Uvalde precisely when the shooting took place. That, you know, could it have just been a random, you know, recon plane, you know, landing in the area? Fort Hood's a big ass military base. Sure. Excuse me. Could it also have been some stuff that was going on with 9-11 the morning of where they were mm-hmm. running all those, you know, hijacking ops? Yep. Definitely could have been. I don't know. Um, and then the Buffalo shooter and Uvalde shooter participated in the same online Discord server community. Definitely a red flag. Something weird there. And then the shooter's grandfather confirmed in video he did not have a driver's license, did not know how to drive. Um, why did he exit the passenger side of the truck when it crashed and was he even driving? I haven't seen those videos, but when I read that, I was like, that's definitely something I would want to look into a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Definitely some strange circumstances. Maybe there's some things that are explainable. Maybe this is misinformation, uh, disinformation. I don't know. But the timing of back-to-back mass shootings has always been one of those things that kind of, especially knowing as much as I do about MK Ultra I, and Operation uh, chaos i definitely think something is afoot yeah i don't know how you guys feel about it shady uh, yep <laughs> shady <laughs> words to live by <laughs> shady <laughs> so i don't know dude i just don't want to like i said i don't i don't like armchair quarterbacking situations that i don't really you know wasn't there don't know about media always has an agenda mm-hmm so it's one of those things where you don't really know if maybe some of that information is getting put out that's actually not even true to begin with for the first time, and I don't know. But I do not think that blanket taking away guns and body armor for people that are legitimate law-abiding citizens is the answer. No, I don't think so either. <clears throat> you know, and Biden's whole comments about the 9 millimeter being a you know, a weapon of war blows out the whole lung. I was just like, dude, <laughs> I don't even, there's nothing I can even say to that. Other than, dude. <laughs> yeah. Other than, dude, you really need to retire. Um, so yeah, we'll see. I don't know. We'll see where it goes, but you know, the knee jerk reaction, obviously in the great white North was, 
take them all away and mm-hmm. you know they have the ability and maybe i don't know anything about their the way that their country's set up politically but i guess maybe they can just stop people from buying guns like that uh, i don't know like i said people misuse a lot of shit mm-hmm. and the answer isn't just to take away that stuff from everybody yeah, yeah. It, it's just like i like what you said the other day about <clears throat> let's go sue a beer company for oh yeah all the drunk driving accidents of suing the gun companies and shit now yeah that's the new thing now is that because it happened in sandy hook and they sued remington and then won their lawsuit or whatever um now they've they've been talking about the uh families are starting to band together on this uvalde thing and they're already talking about suing daniel defense or they're asking i think they asked specifically for their um their uh, marketing to teens and, and kids and i'm like do you really think that they're marketing ar-15s to teens and kids <laughs> yeah. camel with glasses on i've never even <laughs> seen a daniel defense like yeah. commercial there's like no gun commercials on tv yeah. you don't like, need them because people that are into that stuff know what they're into mm-hmm. you know they're gonna like their specific brands, you know. Some guys like the Geisley Trigger. Some like a, you know, a Timony. I mean, it's every, they don't need to advertise. Mm-hmm. It's just, I don't know. And if this kid was being seen by a psychiatrist and on some sort of medication, why don't they go after that psych, uh, pharmaceutical company too? Yeah, well, because they have blanket authority. They, they, they can't be held accountable for anything. That's Remember? True. Yeah. Because that got changed back in the 80s under Reagan. Yeah. So yeah. anybody that takes any vaccine or whatever, you have adverse reaction, you can't you can't yeah. claim anything against these pharmaceutical companies. They're, they're, they're completely like... Untouchable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, for, I forgot about that whole deal. But yeah, people going after... Um, you know daniel defense and you know saying we're going to sue them it's like m- like jake said my point to it was well then why don't we just sue coors every single time some idiot gets in a dui and kills somebody mm-hmm. you know we're not going to sue him let's just sue coors because they actually made the beer yeah or sue the car manufacturer that they ran somebody over in yeah yeah like, i'm suing ford yeah yeah, it's. Well, I'm getting fat. I think I'm gonna sue McDonald's. Yeah, I don't eat McDonald's. Yeah, <laughs> you better not be, dude, because uh, Bill Gates is the biggest grower of potatoes for McDonald's, oh, and shit. he's all into the edible vaccine stuff. So everybody out there, don't be eating McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, because they were using potatoes for edible vaccine mm-hmm. um, uh, vehicles. Mm-hmm. So. That was a program they've been trying out. So, mm. quote, trying out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've probably all been vaccinated for all kinds of crazy stuff because they've been doing this since the 80s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so, I don't know. Off on the next topic, I guess. You guys got anything else? I don't think so. I'm glad you guys didn't get my monkey box. Oh, yeah. Oh, I did. Oh, you, you did. did? Yeah. I'm over it. <laughs> yeah. I still got a lingering. I, just, I got some itches. <laughs> <laughs> That's not monkeypox, dude. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, so we're gonna start talking about MK Ultra. 
um, this week and maybe for the next couple of weeks because it kind of like leads into, you know, different projects and sub projects and some stuff that uh, happened, you know, in the 50s and 60s that were definitely related to MK Ultra, some of the counterculture stuff. And so um, mm-hmm. I think we'll have to like spend a couple of weeks talking about this, but it's one I'm actually pretty excited about because it's so interesting that it happened and so they're so open about it happening mm-hmm. and there's no recourse like yeah, the, gov- do it. the so? government just doesn't even care it's just like, no, well that was like you know 40 years ago it's like you dude it never stopped <laughs> yeah <laughs> just been refined yeah well so. the mk ultra has been stopped yeah just they just changed the name to something else yeah like UFOs to UAP. Yeah, exactly. So um, today we'll do like kind of an overview history um, over the project and then maybe start and get into um, Project Bluebird and Project Artichoke, which were precursors to MK Ultra. And then for the next couple weeks, maybe we'll do some sub-project stuff that tie in together some of the high-profile events like we talked about. Mm. Um. And then there's a disclaimer, obviously. We can't get into literally every sub-project because there was like 149 sub-projects that were involved in MKUltra, so no way to cover all those. And some of them, honestly, was more like uh, they were finance projects for MKUltra, so just kind of like funneling money, kind of like they've been doing with DARPA and uh, what's that other one, the one that's like DARPA? Is it ARPA or ARPA? There's another one that's like DARPA. It's like the same exact acronym. Uh, but anyway, so those are just funnel money funneling projects for the DOD and stuff to continue having the companies like Google do their work for them because mm. they're technically not allowed to do that stuff. Right? But still kind of do. Yeah. Do we want to do motherfucker? Yep. Um, so keep in mind as we're talking about MK Ultra for the next couple weeks, um, I would like keep it in the forefront of your mind and kind of use that as context for all of the major events that you've experienced in your lifetime. I know I can think of several high profile events that have happened in our lifetime and then going back and thinking about the MK Ultra that was going on in the 50s and 60s and it definitely brings a new light to some of these major events mm-hmm. um like 9/11 yep what did you say <laughs> no i didn't say it that was a uh, our uh, um guest the mike guest. baker and the water and you know you get you got aquafina and then you got the, i mean the guy never joe stop bringing that dude on that guy is he's never been deactivated and he never answers any questions because he's still active i absolutely hate when he brings that dude on it's just like skip I don't listen to Joe anyway, but I see those ones pop up on the feed. 
not listening to yeah. it because he never answers any questions. I watched his show on um, Amazon, and it was kind of the same thing, but it's like talking about all these weird he doesn't even talk know. he just makes a bunch of mumbling statements let <laughs> yeah. me red bull you know <laughs> 16 ounces <laughs> the phone i mean he's just like looking around the room talking about random <laughs> kiss pinball table <laughs> <laughs> which uh jake's got one yes he's got the pinball machine that's right um, the original bruce lee cut out yeah. <laughs> weird drum machine <laughs> i don't i can't stand the dude so anyway, keep in mind as we're talking about this stuff for the next couple of weeks, the context of MK Ultra, what the program was designed for and how it could potentially still be used or has been used this entire time, even though it was supposedly deactivated in like 73 or something like mm-hmm. that. Totally believable. Yeah, definitely. Um, so anything to add? I was just going to say they, that, I mean... You can pretty much trust the CIA when they tell you they're stopping something. Yeah. <laughs> Take it to the bank. Yeah. That thing is done. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Definitely. Okay, so MK Ultra. Uh it was the code name of a covert project run by the CIA or the agency in the fifties and sixties, which explored the abilities and procedures for controlling the human mind mind control um they were using drugs to weaken and manipulate test subjects uh with the intent of controlling thoughts wiping memories installing fake memories brainwash torture um and they used like all kinds of different drugs uh, you know during these experiments primarily it was lsd that was like the main one um and this is early 1950s so keep in mind this is prior to the counterculture where the thing just erupted and then acid was the shit right (laughs) um so yeah keep that in mind but they also used other hallucinogenics like mescaline psilocybin magic mushrooms uh they used a lot cocaine marijuana hypnosis like basically every drug i think that there was even some stuff where they had talked about using heroin as well doping people up on heroin and keep them doped up for a long time uh they did a lot of sensory deprivation stuff and then electroshock therapy crap like that which the sensory deprivation stuff i thought was you know that's kind of the shit when you watch that show the stranger things mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. that's like the stuff that was going on in was it montauk. 11 yeah in montauk and mm-hmm. and in the show they're kind of like you know, keeping these people in rooms that are super dark for long periods of times. And just the main thing about MKUltra is that it was completely 100% against the, uh, um, what was that called? Nuremberg Code. Oh, there you go. Got it. Yep. So it was like totally against the Nuremberg Code. I mean, there's like nothing about it that was legitimate. You can't, like after, so I think... MK started or Bluebird and, and Artichoke, which are the precursors started in like 50, 52. And then MK kind of like kicked off like full blown in 53. So we're eight years past world war two. 
eight years past the fall of the Nazis and like all the atrocities that were going on kind of like starting to come to light. So they knew that they were not supposed to be, should not be doing this with people. Yep. Which, and I'll give it to them, you know, in the beginning, uh, bluebird and artichoke, they did use some witting people for those experiments, like people in the, um, in the agency that were employees that signed up that allowed them to, you know, dose them with LSD, you know, at random times and, um, unknown doses and just stuff like that. But then there was also people like Frank Olson, um, which they didn't know. And it, (laughs) it jacked them up. Well, you think about it, it's like the, they'd already brought all the, uh, paperclip people. Yeah. And then, okay, it's, kind of settled down now but now they can get back to work and doing it yeah exactly just kind of like "Mm, bring these dudes over here and and i'll read an article or one of the uh, declassified documents from bluebird from the original later on in the episode and they actually it's it's been redacted so they don't say who the scientist is but they talk about bringing somebody from a different country over and then giving them, you know, full access and reading them in and all that stuff. And it's obviously a paperclip dude. Yeah. Don't know who it is. I'm sure we'd be able to figure out through the books that were written about who was involved in MK. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. There was uh, just kind of in this little vein, um, the uh, projects they were based off of. Um, World War II era Japanese and Nazi programs that were going on at the, um, like, uh, was it Dachau? Yeah. Um, So, yeah. Yeah, and those prisoner of war camps, which we'll talk about that in a little bit, about some of the the reason why they jumped into it was the U.S. pilots that had been brainwashed by the communists. And so, I mean, I think, I mean, looking at it through an objective lens like you know devil's advocate i could see the need for you know researching but then i think that it took a i mean it just went high and right Mm -hmm. and they went crazy and started using it like against the american people and it was like that's when i think you kind of crossed the line Mm -hmm. over the line (laughs) (laughs) but this is Market Nam. There zero. are rules. This is this is not Nam. This is bowling. There are rules. <laughs> but it makes sense that that would happen with them bringing all these yep. guys in paperclip, and then the, they're like running CIA and NASA yeah. and all this stuff, and and just it makes sense that it would just kind of follow that path naturally. Yeah, where it's just gonna they're they were all out for full blown like control of all of the human population in in germany mm-hmm. and then i think that some not everybody in the government at the time but i think some people saw that as like the oh shit let's get let's get that stuff yeah mm-hmm. that's the one yeah you know? mm-hmm. so and then they just took it off and ran with it maybe that one percent or whatever you want to call the the cobbleists or the mm-hmm. cobble the cabal yeah um, so yeah, like I said, it, it official uh, MK officially started in 53 and was run through the sixties and allegedly stopped in 73, right before the, 
uh, Frank Church, who's from Idaho, senator mm-hmm. from Idaho, did the uh, Senate hearing on all of the illegal stuff that was going on with the agency and that's when they really got their pp spanked and uh, <laughs> and uh gerald ford when he took over as the i think he's the only president that was like well not the only president that was illegitimate but he was the first <laughs> illegitimate president he was the first one that was just kind of like installed and there wasn't really a right he's the one there wasn't really a vote it was kind of just because he came after was it after watergate I think so. Don't quote me on that, but there's definitely some connection to him. Um, and I've heard that he was, there was something weird with his being installed into power. But he calls Helms in, which I think it was Richard Helms of the CIA. Or no, Will, William Colby. Oh, yeah. William Colby calls him in and basically fires him on his first day. And so that's when all the documents for all this program just up and disappeared and Mm -hmm. it was supposedly all burned really it was probably just transferred to one of those places like dumps yeah area 51 or whatever that was under the control of the agency that they don't have any the mill or normal dod doesn't have access to they're not going to just burn all that documentation no it's out there somewhere so um but the program like i said was run by the agency and it was fronted through all these different research fronts out of like major universities. So they kind of like created like all these little funding mechanisms, like these little, you know, research groups. And then they started throwing the money for the research, just like basically the same thing. It's like a precursor to DARPA. Um, but they were throwing the money to these universities and saying, hey, we want to see research done on you know, human mind control, and blah, 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 blah. So mm-hmm. a lot of it was like psychological uh, experiments. It was run in like major universities like Stanford, um, San Francisco, UC San Francisco was a big one, which is near where um, Haight-Ashbury and the whole hippie, hippie thing happened and that explosion and then all of the free drugs, the free LSD going on down there and then connection to jolly west who was one of the docs the the doctors that was involved in mk ultra and check out tom o'neill's book chaos it's really good really interesting and i think he had joe rogan had him on mm-hmm. talked to him yep and that was oh yeah, yeah yeah really good it was a good <laughs> one but he he was obviously trying you know he's not putting out as much information as in the books he wants you to buy the book but the book's worth it but mm. that podcast is definitely worth listening to yeah. as well um university of oklahoma was involved and that was where that jolly west dude was originally operating out of and that's where they dosed that gigantic elephant at the zoo mm. yeah with a bunch of lsd and then it died it's like, like yeah really good started idea. freaking out yeah and then they jabbed it with some other drug yeah, to kind of to try to counteract the lsd and then it died yeah and it happened in front of like a bunch of people (laughs) yeah good call jolly west um and then uh mcgill university ravencrest in montreal canada was one of the major ones in canada that they were running this out and there's actually a couple mini documentaries on youtube um that i listened to and there's actually a podcast 
I'll have to look it up and find it, but there's a podcast out there where they specifically talk about um, the Ravencrest. I think in uh, they said there was like 144 institutions that were part of MK Ultra, and I think 80 of those were universities and colleges. And yeah. uh, a lot of the most of the colleges and universities knew that it was like CIA stuff, but a lot of the researchers didn't know mm-hmm. that it was part of a CIA program. So uh, I think they said only a few of the the researchers knew that what they were doing was for CIA stuff. Yeah, definitely on the up and up. Yeah. That podcast for the Canadians you want to check out is called Brainwashed, and you can uh, check it out on, I think it's only like an eight-part mini-series or something like that, and it, they're like 30-minute long uh, episodes, but they pretty much cover the Ravencrest and a little bit into MK Ultra, but it's mostly on the Canadian side, border side, and there's some crazy atrocities that they were doing up there, like really bad stuff, and I found in one of the comments of a, of a section where somebody that was a survivor of that thing through their email address out there. And I was like, and this was only like two years ago. So I was thinking, dude, I should hit that person up and see if we can get them on the cast. <laughs> yeah. You know, and talk cool. to them. They were living in Australia now, but that'd be pretty badass. Yeah. Maybe uh, that's one of our listeners. Yeah, probably. It's probably, <laughs> probably somebody that left a review. Um, but, and then one of the, the, the biggest, uh, the biggest, universities in america that was this was being run out of was harvard mm-hmm. and that's where uh ted kaczynski came in he was one of the research subjects and was exposed to, i don't think he was exposed to the lsd but he was exposed to a bunch of the other stuff yeah that, they were like messing with his mind and mm-hmm. it was like, yeah, a, like all the psychological yeah, your mother doesn't and, love you, yeah. and she told us she hates you, and <laughs> you still pee the bed. And, uh, That's crazy. Yeah. So, uh, and then uh, they were doing some of the stuff out of the U.S. Federal Bureau of Prisons as well, and then they were also doing these experiments in some of the mental hospitals, and then uh, using, like, <clears throat> excuse me, drug addicts on the street, and that's where that kind of hate Ashbury. Uh, thing came in where they were they would set up these little fake clinics um like free needles and you know come get your herpes looked at and you know (laughs) come get your syphilis shots and all that stuff Mm -hmm. and it was like being run by the the research front of this of this agency of of mk ultra and then at the same time they were documenting all the results of everything Mm -hmm. that was going on so It's crazy to me that we're talking about this and that this happened here mm-hmm. yeah. in America. I, this, You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I don't think people understand, like, this actually happened. Yeah. It's so crazy. And then, and then you think of, well, we know this happened and there's documentation on it. Yeah, so what do we what, not what know? What do you not know? Exactly. Yeah. And then 20 times worse. All this stuff happening, you know, in the 50s and 60s, <clears throat> but then, like, Back, you know, 10, 20 years before that, the Tuskegee Mm -hmm. stuff where they were injecting the black folks with syphilis and shit and 
just to see like what would happen if they didn't treat him and yeah like <laughs> yeah who who like I, I i'll be honest dude i have never i'm 40 and i've never had thoughts like that <laughs> that has never come up in my mind like oh i wonder if i can get you know a group of people and i could just totally fuck with them <laughs> you know what i'm saying like that has never come up in my mind i wonder if i can feed them lsd yeah and, and just, make them go out and kill people yeah uh, nobody would ever know that it was me that did it it's so psychotic to mm -hmm. think about and it goes to show you that paperclip because People think that paperclip was, oh, that's conspiracy theory. It's like, no, dude, oh. that was real. Like, mm -hmm. we took in Nazi scientists that were in the Third Reich that were actively, like, trying to overthrow the world. Mm -hmm. And we brought and them here. doing these experiments. Yes. On, on people. Yeah. In concentration camp. Yeah. Concentration camp victims. Like, mm -hmm. all of that stuff. Like, you read about, you know, Auschwitz and Dachau and all of those other crazy you know concentration camp things that were happening is like dude we brought those dudes over here mm -hmm. put them to work yeah. what did you think was gonna happen <laughs> which was pretty wild like you know how they actually did it was um the secret uh the secret code was the files if it had a paper clip on the file uh, that mm -hmm. was how they knew oh Hey, this guy will bring him over. This guy will not bring him over. So if they had a paper clip on there for that, so it was called Operation Paperclip. Mm. Okay. So insane, insane that this is a part of American history, um, yeah. and really not that far ago. Yeah. Mm -mm. I mean, in the long, in the grand scheme of things, really not that long ago. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the country has not been the same since this stuff started happening. Mm. In the 50s and 60s, we have not been, I mean, the 60s were crazy. The 70s were pretty crazy. The 80s, I mean, you know, Beat It came out. That was pretty crazy. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Um, yeah. And then the 90s, I mean, it's just been like one thing after another. It's just all these weird things that have been happening. I don't know. So anyway, so some of the famous and then also infamous Subtest subjects of MK Ultra experiments. Like we kind of mentioned uh, a couple of these names already, but like Ken Kesey, uh, the dude that wrote One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, which I think he was also played by Jack Nicholson, right? Yeah, I was just going to say that a little bit ago. Yeah, um, Ken Kesey. Uh, and then, so he was one of the, the first in the Haight Ashbury, San Francisco area. And then he became like a massive proponent of LSD. Um, throughout the 1960s obviously i think he had that like touring bus and shit and they would go around and just be high on acid <laughs> and he was like a dealer just like dosing people i mean it's like where did you get the money and where did yeah. you get this stuff mm -hmm. the technical know-how to make it i don't i think that they had agency handlers that were providing it to him oh yeah you know what mm -hmm. i'm saying i think manson had that i think kesey had that i think um What's that one old dipshit? Um, <laughs> there's so many of them. Um, the Grateful Dead. Timothy Leary. You know, um, yeah, the Grateful Dead. Like, all those dudes. I think that they just literally had a, a plethora mm -hmm. of that stuff. Um, poet Allen Ginsberg was uh, one of the test subjects. Uh, Robert Hunter from Grateful Dead. And I would argue, I'm with you, I think the entire band, Jerry Garcia, all those dudes. Um 
in fact, there was a documentary on Netflix about who was that young guitar player that was in the band. He was like 15. <laughs> and he was like, literally, and his parents were just like these total like hippies that was just like, oh, yeah, he's going to. He's going to go on tour this year. It's cool. He's not going to school. <laughs> this is yeah. so bizarre. But he was like a super young kid. Um, uh, his name will come to me. But anyway, obviously, he was kind of got sucked into that whole thing as well. Mm-hmm. And then Whitey Bulger. Uh, oh, yeah. The Boston mobster. Um, and then he was also later found out to be an FBI informant. And he was the inspiration for Jack Nicholson and The Departed. Mm-hmm. Um, he, when he was in the Bureau of Prisons in Georgia, was being subjected to a, like LSD, like every day, every other day, stuff like is is what he alleged mm-hmm. at some point. Um, so, but I mean, that's where yeah. that's this stuff took place was in prisons too. Yeah, and that's yeah. how Manson definitely got involved because mm-hmm. he was in your uh, Bureau of Prisons. And then I, while I was doing some research, there was a hospital or something that was in Kentucky that was um, re- related to MK Ultra, and that's where Manson was originally from, mm. was Kentucky. So long-term yeah. subject on that. So, I mean, it could have been going back to, like, a, a boys' group home situation because mm-hmm. he was, like, in and out of, like, you know – juvie and jail all the way until when he got i think the you reason just sent me home <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> didn't he say that to diane sawyer or something i think so i've been in here my whole life <laughs> i don't know nothing besides this anyway um ted kaczynski obviously the unabomber he was a subject out of uh, i think it was a sophomore year you know he was a uh, test subject in harvard while he was a psych student, um, we mentioned John Man- uh, Charles Manson. I would argue John Hinckley, the one that shot uh, Reagan, that he was probably one of these guys. And then obviously Sirhan Sirhan, who shot Bobby Kennedy, and Jack Ruby, 100%, because Ruby uh, ended up getting assigned, and uh, Tom O'Neill talks about it, but he got assigned a, a court ordered shrink who was an MK Ultra doc. And then when he was in jail, that's when he all of a sudden went batshit mm-hmm. crazy mm-hmm. and started talking about all this freaking bizarre shit. And then um, didn't he have a heart attack, stroke, something like that, and then died? So not shady at all. This this dude is just a big conspiracy. <laughs> you guys are so crazy. <laughs> I can't believe you would believe this. But you idiots. Jeez. Tom O'Neill's book really his book is really good. He spent like twenty years mm-hmm. on it, and then um, I sent him an email. This was like I, I read the book in twenty twenty during the lockdown. I bought it and and read it during the lockdowns, and I got done with it. And I was like, because I have a theory that Zodiac is related to MK Ultra and probably Chaos. So I sent him an email. I found his email on online. Sent him an email. And I, I should have, I should find the email and read it to you. But he responded. He was just like, "Dude, really? Like, why did you have to open this door for me?" <laughs> He's like, "I literally just got done with twenty years of research, and you threw this at me, and now I'm going to start researching it." So it was just kind of a funny email. He was just like, "Dude, I'm exhausted. I cannot look into this one." So shout out to Tom O'Neill. He did a great job on that book, and for actually answering my email. 
Um, so yeah, like I was trying to say earlier, the business fronts for the research uh, kept the agency clean. Uh, university hospitals and the prisons thought that they were just like helping, like Luke said, they thought they were helping, you know, some kind of scientific research on human behaviors. I don't, I'm sure that there were people that were read in. Mm-hmm. Maybe the researchers didn't know, but somebody had to know. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, person heading up the project yeah, and the handler. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You got to exactly. Um, and they call them cutouts. I think, um, mm-hmm. that came out and we'll talk about that in the Oswald stuff, but the agency, they were used cutouts So they'd have like a contact. So one agent contact to contact to another agent. And that would be that cutout person. Mm-hmm. So yeah, definitely compartmentalize it. So yeah, doot, doot, doot. yeah, exactly. So that when something like, the Kennedy assassination happens. Everybody's just like, well, I don't even know. <laughs> I was just doing this right yeah, here. Yeah, I was told to stand here and open an umbrella. Yep. Right. Somebody gave me fifty bucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Somebody put me on a train. Said, "Act like a hobo." <laughs> that was what's his name's dad, right? Woody Harrelson. Yeah, yeah Woody yeah. Harrelson. Um. So, like I said, uh, all of this is a violation of the Nuremberg Code, and these dudes knew it. Um. But well, it doesn't apply to the agency. Yeah, and like, yeah, exactly. And like I mentioned, you know, it's disturbing that we knew that these Nazi scientists were doing this in the concentration camps, and then we were like, hey, you what want a, a really good deal? <laughs> yeah, we'll pay you and give you a new identity and bring you to America. Yep. So, I don't know. Pretty, pretty insane. Um, <clears throat> uh, but the project was headed up, so MK Ultra was headed up by Sidney Gottlieb, who was a, a scientist that worked directly under Alan Dulles at the time, who's Alan Dulles' brother John Foster Dulles was the Secretary of State under Eisenhower. So this is all happening right at that same time that Eisenhower's in office. That's why I know that I maybe ruffle people's feathers when I say that Eisenhower was part of the military industrial complex, and they're like, no, 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 he was a good dude. And I'm like, yeah, here's the thing, man. Like, (laughs) you know, he knew about the Majestic 12 that he inherited from Truman. He knew John Foster Dulles' relationship with, you know, shady business stuff, and he put him in power as a secretary. He didn't have to have that guy as a secretary of state. He grabbed all these dudes from the um, uh, CFR and and put them on his, his cabinet ipso facto and he just shit head he wanted to call him out when he was getting ousted probably he, yeah he exactly like, well, well screw well, you guys yeah, man yeah. yeah you're not gonna let me have a third term and i'm out of here mm-hmm. and by the way i'm telling on you guys <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah um so like i said earlier project this project spawned like about approximately 149 quote-unquote known subtrop uh, sub sub projects um and some of the the high profile ones was uh mk naomi mk delta mk often which mk often was the tech testing toxicological transmissivity um transmissivity and behavioral effects of drugs in animals and humans and i was like oh shit that project sunshine was doing something very similar over in the uk where they were like um monitoring uh t- 
talk stuff that was going into animals and that that's what we were going to talk about on the follow-up to the cattle mutilation stuff which is why i think they were coring out cow buttholes and Mm -hmm. taking the genitals and stuff was (laughs) seeing you know how far whatever was going in and where it was going in the system or whatever Mm -hmm. you know if it'd go into these sex organs and then be able to be uh transmitted to other cows so Mm -hmm. interesting that mk often showed up in the mk ultra stuff because this is right around the same time that we started kind of like you know 10 years later 12 years later seeing all these weird mutilated cattle everywhere Mm -hmm. um mk chickwit and then operation midnight climax this is my favorite one out of this whole thing these guys dude one (laughs) this is just another one of those scenarios where i just would never have thought of this (laughs) but they go out and they just they they start these brothels in uh like so it's like a whorehouse right they start these things in like the san francisco area and they put like two-way mirrored glass in there (laughs) and they get all of these chicks like these hookers to like you know get these you know politically connected dudes and just random dudes and they bring them in and then they dose them up with LSD and all this random drugs and stuff like that. And then the scientists just sit there and watch from behind the glass. It's like, <laughs> bing, 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 yeah. bing, bing, bing. <laughs> yeah, just, and then just watch them pound, dude. And it's just like, I, I just, somebody tapping on the glass. It all starts getting off beat. It's like all the scientists. That could be, we know supposed to be doing that could have been a South Park episode. It starts out with just one. Like 13, 13 of them. It's just insane to me. Like, I would never have thought of something like that, you know? It's like... You know who was back there behind the glass. Oh, guarantee. Jack Parsons and... Yeah, Parsons and... Uh, oh, uh, what's his name? Um, dude, Scientology. Ron, L. Ron Hubbard. Yep. Was yeah. some, Listen, no stone no. tablets that yeah. they're carving into, yeah. <laughs> making notes. Yeah, L. Ron Hubbard was taking notes, and Jack Parsons was just going to town. <laughs> Jeez, dude. Like, who thinks of this stuff? Oh man, I got this idea. So what we'll do is we'll bring in guys, and we'll we'll have the we'll have the hookers just put a bunch of dope in their stuff, <laughs> and then. We'll just watch him bang it out. <laughs> Take notes. Who's in? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> it's just. I. Uh, Will there be baiting? Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess. Oh, I'm in then. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's mirrored. I mean, it's going to be dark, right? Yeah, it'll be dark. No lights? Yeah, no lights. I'm in. Everybody get your own side here. Yeah. I just. I can't believe that people thought of this stuff and the reason why they were doing this obviously was they were trying to elicit you know covert <clears throat> responses and and get things out of these politicians and it was a lot of it was for blackmail epstein mm-hmm. um yeah. you know a lot of it was for blackmail and all of this other stuff and you know it had to do with seeing what kind of spy craft they could you know elicit conversations mm-hmm. like you know if we go over to Russia and, you know, dose up some 
you know, politician with acid, he'll start telling us all the secrets to, yeah. you know, Russia's, mm-hmm. you know, national security or whatever. It's so I mean, I, I guess I can understand, but it just like my mind doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. I don't really think it's, I think about other things, but I definitely would not have thought of that. <laughs> um, and then I would argue that uh, Operation Mockingbird, the media thing was definitely probably a spinoff or some kind of a sub project of MK Ultra mm-hmm. because that was all about, you know, mass manipulation, yep, controlling the, the, the masses through uh, propaganda in the media. Um, and, they don't do that. No, they don't. No, Still CNN, doesn't happen, CNN so is a legitimate news, news yeah. organization. Um, <clears throat> and speaking of which, didn't uh, Mr. Anderson Cooper do a internship for the agency? Mm-hmm. Quote, internship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. what? And he's also a... I think he's like a... I don't know. He reads the news or something. What? What? What's the big wealthy family he's from? Vander Vanderberg yeah. Vanderbilt yeah something like Vander yeah I think Vanderbilt yeah. Vanderbilt yeah and they're the ones with that crazy weird underground pool that has like all the kids on the tile with the red oh, shoes oh yeah his mom had that yeah that's right legitimate dude oh yeah mm-hmm. yeah he's a great newscaster <laughs> yeah um but yeah, so Cord Meyer joined the agency uh, in '51, and that was his his projects. We'll have to talk about Mockingbird at some point. Um, but yeah, so just think about as we go forward talking about MK. Um, you know, it's it's all about population control through drugs, music, art, Hollywood, film, TV, fear, anxiety, like all of that 1960s counterculture in the '70s. It, all came from this this project mm-hmm. so um guys you got anything else dad uh not not to this part okay um since we're gonna kind of dive into some more of that stuff a little bit later i think we'll cover it then okay uh so just to backtrack on just the brief history of of ultra like we said earlier, it came to the agency's radar after the U.S. pilots were uh, captured in China and Korea. And then they started showing up on TV like like they had defected from the United States. And there's videos out there where you can see them. They're wearing their little striped, you know, prison outfits. And they're, like, totally denouncing the United States. And they're denouncing that they, they were, like, claiming that they were dropping biological weapons on on uh north korea and they you know just basically like letting out like a lot of sensitive information probably stuff that you know i'm sure the seer schools of survive escape resist survive evade resist escape military stuff probably came from this because they were mm. like whoa <laughs> they're saying what <laughs> okay how do we solve this well we'll beat their asses for 16 weeks and then make them you know so that they'll never say anything in training <laughs> i've heard that's a pretty b- brutal course but anyway um so that's how it kind of came to the agency's radar so they were like trying to figure out you know could they control the human mind can they change communists and western or could they change communists 
as obviously these Westerners were changed to communists. So when these guys got released and there was like the prisoner exchange, they had to take and like basically unscrew these dudes they had to unbrainwash them. And then these guys all gave these videoed statements where they were saying, Oh yeah, I was, uh, I, I, you know, I never would do anything like that. I love America. And I was under duress, which, you know, and I could see, I mean, maybe if you're, getting bamboo shoots shoved up your fingernails you're probably gonna <laughs> say anything i don't know you know so God, that would fucking hurt dude yeah i mean i've heard some of those uh pow stories from like vietnam and just the stuff that they were getting subjected to was crazy there was uh one story that dude uh mr ballin he had a oh yeah show about i think it was during world war Two. Um, some of the, I think it was, uh, pilots in the, uh, Japanese prison camps, this one general decided, hmm, we're going to start eating these guys uh. and they would, they, uh, would take them out to where they executed them and had all the other guys watch. And then the, they'd send the camp cook up there and like cut out the liver and all this shit like hey humans are awesome yeah wild <laughs> like time for dinner i'll yeah. pass <laughs> i'm gonna try to catch a rat later <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that's insane dude yeah probably against nuremberg go do yep um and then later claims in Ultras, they, they said that they were basically trying to create a Manchurian candidate, somebody that was controllable, you know, in a short period of time, and somebody that you could employ to do something and then wipe their memory off, which, like I said, there was a couple of assassin- political assassination attempts here in the U- U.S. that happened, you know, post-MKUltra, where I'm like, that... that that is definitely somebody from that project. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the goal of Project Bluebird and, and Project Artichoke. Um, the Bluebird came first and then it became Artichoke, which I'm sure these guys are probably just changing the names around um, so that they could, I don't know. Doing the shell game. Yeah. Who, 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 who? Yep. Exactly. Um, but I was going to bring up the paper of the first part of uh so this is uh this is a like a a breakdown of the research paper special research bluebird uh i found this on like some website i don't know this is like this is a redact heavily redacted um declassified document uh on on their their goals of of the research in bluebird so um, let me just turn this thing to the side so I can read it. So I won't read the whole thing. There's definitely a couple parts that I definitely want to read. But um, the first page, it says, um, Special Research Bluebird. Uh, paragraph 1, General po- Problem. For the past several months, Bluebird has been endeavoring to ascertain by research, study, instruction, and some uh, practice what value, if any, can be deri- derived from SI and H techniques when applied to war and specific agency problems. These broad problems using 
known SINH techniques may be classified as following. A, can accurate information be obtained from willing or unwilling individuals? B, can agency personnel or persons of interest to the agency be conditioned to prevent any outside power from obtaining information from them by any known means? C, can we obtain control of the future activities, physical and mental, of any given individual, willing or unwilling, by application of SINH techniques? D, can we prevent any outside power from gaining control of future activities, physical and mental, of agency personnel by any unknown means, or by any known means? And then the next paragraph, Bluebird believes that paragraph A above can be answered in the affirmative using SINH techniques. Bluebird is not fully satisfied with the results to date, but believe with continued work and study remarkable and profitable results can be obtained regularly. However, sections B, C, and D above are yet unanswerable, although Bluebird is of the opinion that there is a worthwhile chance that all three may at some future date be answered affirmatively. So they're saying that at some point, yes, we'll be able to control uh, that stuff. And what was the, what did the <clears throat> SI stand for? I know H was hyp- hypnosis. I, I can't remember what the SI. Yeah, I, I didn't write it down. Um, I don't recall. Hmm. Dang it. Nothing to do subconscious or something. Uh, subconscious implant or something like that? or Yeah, and I don't think it was actually mentioned in this document what SI actually stands for, but the H is definitely um, hypnosis. Well, it would make sense. Subconscious implant hypnosis. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, there is a paragraph in another section here, which this this kind of blew my mind when I read this. Um, says so. This is subsection five, Bluebird specific problems set out below are specific problems which can only be resolved by experiment, testing, and research, as proposed in the paragraphs above. These are not in any sense all of the problems. B is considering, but are merely typical and point up to the need for practical research. One, can we condition by post two, so post number two, suggestion agency employees or persons of interest to the agency to prevent them from giving information to any unauthorized source or for committing any act on behalf of a foreign or domestic enemy? Two, can we, in a matter of an hour, two hours, one day, etc., induce a H hypnosis condition in a unwilling subject to such an extent that he will perform an act for our benefit, long range? Three, can we create by post? Uh, this may be an H, but I can't tell. I think it's an H. Like I said, this is a heavily like. Xerox copies of Xerox copies, but I think it says, can we create post H, so post hypnosis, control an action contrary to an individual's basic moral principles? And number four, 
Could we seize a subject and in the space of an hour or two by post H, control, have him crash an airplane, wreck a train, etc. Short term intermediate activity. Hmm. Maybe I should read that part again. Yeah. Could we seize a subject in the space of an hour or two by post-hypnosis, control, have him crash an airplane, wreck a train, etc.? Hmm. This is in 1952-53 that this was written. Um, yeah. I'll just Ooh, just let that linger. Um, so Project Bluebird it was all about mind control. They were using LSD on unwitting employees and witting employees, like I mentioned before, people that would, within the agency, that would sign up and say, yeah, um, go ahead and, you know, dose me and then, you know, just surprise me. It'll be, it'll be cool. But then there was also people that were completely unwitting to this that had no clue that it was coming, when it was coming, and then would just they would just kick back and watch watch the show, watch the highlights, kind of like midnight climax. Hey, mm-hmm. we got two way mirror here, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's dark. You know what I mean? Um, so one of these unwitting employees was uh, Army biochemical, uh, like a biological chemist or something like that. Uh, he was a scientist. A civilian employee and his name is Frank Olson if you guys see the show Wormwood on Netflix you guys watch that I haven't seen it but I've seen it on there it's a like a mini series it's about his his situation it's pretty good hmm. four episodes something like that so anyway Frank Olson uh, they go to this retreat in Maryland it's like an agency retreat it's this house on a lake and um, He's one of the employees that's there. He's part of Bluebird, or Ar- I think at this point it's probably Artichoke, um, just just before MK Ultra kicks off, and Sidney Gottlieb doses him, doesn't tell him, and then they're having you know their cocktail hour, and then he starts to kind of like, hey, just so you guys know, you may be starting to feel a little funny now. We put something in your drink, and we're going to see how you react. And they wanted to kind of bring up, like, business talk and scientific stuff and see what these guys would – how they would react and what, you know, what kind of weird conversations they would have. Mm -hmm. So Frank, like I probably would, just loses it, you know, and starts doing all this crazy weird stuff and goes missing and, (laughs) you know, starts swimming in the lake and just, you know, just bizarre stuff. But – I mean, can you blame him? He's like on acid. Yeah. And probably not just like a little bit. It's probably like they probably hit this dude with like 50 hits or something. Mm. It's like just sounds, frying. Sounds like what Jackie Treehorn did to the dude. Yeah. Hey, Jackie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's where they got the idea from. <laughs> so he has a bad reaction. And then afterwards, after this retreat, he feels really bad. And then he's, you know goes and asks his agency supervisors to fire him from the project. He's like, hey, I want to be done. And then um, they're like, no, we're going to send you up to New York City, and you're going to see a psychiatrist, and, you know, we want to keep you on board, blah, 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 blah. So they have these goons that are like his, you know, escorts, take him up to New York City. He goes and sees a 
MK, basically one of their MK Ultra psychiatrists, and they do their thing with him, and then he's staying the night in a hotel, and then during the night he jumps out this window. It's like a tenth or eleventh story, uh, you know, floor, and then dies. And his family's like, they just tell him, "Hey, you know, your dad committed suicide." It's like, wait, what? <laughs> Why was he in, like? Why was he even in New York? You know, what was he doing up there? So a lot of unanswered questions. Um, there was some suspicious, suspicious circumstances surrounding the the jump. Like I think there was some stuff to do with the window that they didn't think that he would be able to even like access it. Like he was, you know, like the size of the window or something like the height off the ground. It was a bunch of weird stuff, and. Um, I think he kind of ended up launching out over the window, like through it, like through the glass or something like that. So I don't know. That sounds really familiar. I think I did either watched a documentary about that or mm-hmm. something, but yeah, it, crazy for yeah. sure. So he, like I said, it, the family ended up like getting a congressional hearing out of it and they ended up suing the agency. They got, like $700,000 at the time, something like that. They got a settlement for a wrongful death situation. And then his sister, or sorry, the daughter of, of Frank Olson and her husband, their family, they were they were going to take some of the money and they were going to invest it in some property up in upstate New York. So they were flying on a private jet or a private airplane up to scout out some of these properties and jet crashed and everybody died. <laughs> nothing weird about that yeah it's nothing to see here move along probably at the back of the office like that's a shame (laughs) yeah so (laughs) definitely kind of some weird circumstances surrounding um that whole event like i said wormwood's a pretty decent documentary Uh, it's kind of like one of those there's some acting in it it's mixed with Mm -hmm. with documentary but they interview his son and um they kind of lay it out there pretty good. I mean, the dude was obviously, it came out later that he was, he was dosed up and, and didn't know it. And that started his downfall. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're about out of time, but I think that over the next couple of weeks talking about, I think we got like a minute left. Um, Just one real quick thing. All the um, Nazis they brought over for um, paperclip. They were brought to Fort Detrick. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool because isn't that where Fauci works? Yeah. Hmm. We're all this and that's where Olson worked too. Mm-hmm. Frank Olson worked there. So, I don't know. I just got to say this whole episode has me thinking of the Suicidal Tendency song, Subliminal. Yeah. yeah. It's a good song. Good yeah. shit. That's one of my other top four favorites. Yeah, yeah that's a good one. So... We'll come back next week. We'll we'll start to break into a little bit more of these projects, maybe breaking down a couple of the sub-projects. But um, until then, like I said, everything that you see, kind of like keep that in the lens perspective of uh, of the mind control MK Ultra stuff. And when we start getting into some of the counterculture stuff that happened, it's it's pretty wild. Yep. It's, it's really fucking wild. Definitely suspicious. So yeah. everybody be cool. Don't do anything we wouldn't do. We'll catch you next week. Later. Later. Later.